Amazon tiene todo lo que necesitas para tu dormitorio, desde productos esenciales hasta ropa y decoración e incluso ropa de cama para... Si, 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 si estás activas. Y si estás regulares también. Ahorra en todo para la universidad en Amazon. All right, here we go. <laughs> Please subscribe to the channel. Please. Hey guys, YouTube's got an algorithm and it really, really help us out a lot if you could like, comment, and subscribe. This is how we can get more information out to more people and uh, share the message of Toronto Real Estate. In Thanks. In that order, like, comment, subscribe, and hit the damn bell. Yes, Mike nice. Martins in the house. I'm sorry, guys. I've never used uh, this program before. I'm 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 new to it. To Zoom. Okay. Wow. This new company that started, you know, a lot of stuff about a year ago. Apparently, oh. they were responsible for all this mess just to get their stock price up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's early in the morning here, so so I I did a show Mike in the night last night. So uh, I was watching uh, it. I, I, yeah, I'm ready to go. You just tell me when to go. And, We're uh, going. We are going. We are going. a go. All right. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Hope everyone's doing okay out there. And uh, yeah, Toronto. I lived there when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, Toronto. I grew up in Toronto. And I, I grew up in Toronto heyday, so to say. The heyday. The great Toronto heyday. And uh, it's sad to see where it's gone. It's sad to see where it's headed. And it's sad to see... Uh, what's happened in the real estate market. Absolutely. So so let's start off by introducing you. I, I, I would imagine that some of our followers know you. I'm a big fan. I've been following your channel for a while. I love, I love what you have to say. I agree with most of it. And the stuff I don't agree with is quite entertaining. Yes, thank you so much. But although I'm, I don't I'm know that there's new. much I don't, I don't agree with. We're, we, are, uh, we are a kinship, you and I. Well, I kind of jump around from stuff and kind of trying to connect the dots to try and figure out this this so-called opportunity of a lifetime housing market and try to figure it figuring it out and kind of trying to connect the dots as best as possible. Well, so, so a little background: you're in British Columbia, is that right? That's correct. Yes, and, yes. And I've lived everywhere, though. I've lived everywhere. I've lived in uh, Miami. I've lived in Mexico for two years, and I lived in Miami for five years. And so where do you prefer living? If I had a choice, I'd live in Florida because uh, I could still I could still pick up a nice piece of real estate for uh, depending where in Florida. I know some really cool spots for under 200,000. I could still pick up a, a, a three, uh, a four bedroom with a pool for under 275. Wow. Yeah. Whereabouts yeah, is that? A, Florida's a good place. Yeah, Florida's Everything's cheap. low rise. It's spread out. You know, no, you don't have to be in the, the core of every city in Florida. I had a friend just... No, you don't. I had a friend just moved to Florida and she paid like 400,000 for a gated community, little modern palace with like a pool. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know what you get I in uh, British Columbia for that kind of price. I mean, I saw you posted something. You were talking about a townhouse or a semi. Was it a townhouse or a semi? Went for 400,000 over asking you were, you were talking about? Yeah. 400, 400 large, 400,000 over asking. And that that's uh, yeah. And that brought a tear to my eye because it's over 100, almost 100 miles away from the from the from Vancouver. 100 miles. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
Wow. Holy. We're having that same thing right now. I mean, Barry, right? Barry's probably 100, 100 miles, right? Oh, it's yeah. 100 a miles. Less. Is it even 100 miles. kilometers? Miles. Yeah. Yeah. And they're and they're and they're dealing with uh, the same type of stuff, you know, just Toronto money. I call it dumb Toronto money. It's going up there and it's going like, what are they asking? How many offers? Well, this is what you pay. Yeah. And they just put in the offer that they think is going to win and we'll deal with the consequences later. I've got an article here from Toronto talking about semi-detached Toronto home gets 20 offers and sells for 575,000 above the asking. Okay, can I can I can I please uh, tell you how this all started? Please, please, yeah, that, that's what you're okay. here for, to, to be honest. To, just okay. to let you know, we we've, <laughs> we've come to you for the answers, and yeah, you are you are one in a line of many, and so far we have not gotten the answer from well, anyone. You're gonna get it. You're you're gonna get it right now. This is why it's you're perfect. on the show. Go perfect. for it. This is how it started, and I've seen the patterns. I've seen foreclosure firsthand. I've lived in South Florida when I've seen the lock boxes on the doors and the posters on the on the doors of people's apartments that the properties have been seized for not paying. Okay, I've seen foreclosure. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen foreclosure before it's been foreclosed when people were waiting in lineups, just like what's happening, to take someone's spot on a pre-built and paying them $30,000 to take their spot. I've seen that when I was in South Florida. Now, I seen the same thing happening in Vancouver in 2010. But what happened? It never crashed in 2010. In 2010, uh, Vancouver was supposed to experience uh, a correction in the market after the Olympics, the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. Everybody sell, sell, sell. Housing was already way away from wages. Like people could not already afford to get into the housing market in Vancouver. The average detached home was going for about 630 to 775. And that was crazy in 2010. What happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Tell us. Canada, can, uh, uh, Vancouver especially, was so economically hinged on real estate. They needed a way to keep the real estate market going. So what did they do? They started to compete for wealthy investors. Mm. They started bringing them in. And we're talking, and I have the articles to show you guys until they get taken down. Uh, Canada needs more Chinese. Okay, well, hold on a second. How many? 500,000 a year. Well, how does this work out? Well, like, how does this make any sense? Well, if you read the article, it even says from these ministers are saying, well, they're wealthy, they bring a lot of money, and they buy our real estate. So when you start getting into this, this, this let's compete for a place to live, it takes away uh, uh, room or breathing space for the locals who actually built the infrastructure that were born and raised in the cities to get into the markets. Okay. Why am I picking on the Chinese? Why, why, why the Chinese? Why not the Arabs and the Russians? The Arabs, the Russians, a lot of other, they have no reason to take their money offshore. They have no reason to take off with their cash from their country, right? They have, okay, so now hold on a second. Let's move on to 2012. Okay, you have a question. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just scratching my arm. I love it. Keep going. Keep, keep going, Mike. Okay. You're on a Let's roll, baby. On. So this, this phenomenon starts getting out of hand. So let's move on to 2012. Okay. Australia is starting to see the same phenomenon. 
So is New Zealand. Okay. But not as hot as Canada because Canada's really working it. They're actually creating brochures in Mandarin and, 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 and giving them out in China to tell people, come to Canada. What are you doing here? No problem. 2012 hits. People are, are, are playing this on the radio stations. Oh, stop picking on foreign investing. It has nothing to do with what with, with the housing market keep going up. Let's fast forward to 2014. Now you start to see a pattern of young families leaving Vancouver that born and raised and they can't afford to live there. Sydney, Australia, same, same problem. Melbourne, Australia, same problem. Auckland, New Zealand, same problem. Same pattern. Now, it's not just Canada competing for wealthy investors. It's several countries across the Commonwealth that no longer export anything, no longer fabricate anything, no longer um, create a proper GDP with proper exports to actually execute the funds to create higher interest rates and push the bond market up. We're not doing that no more. That's done. Fast forward to 2016. No, even better. Fast forward to 2017. When you guys started to get the tsunami, I made a video in 2016, uh, a tail end of 2016, early 2017, where I discussed the tsunami that's coming to Toronto. But I, I was a little bit wrong on something. I never expected Seattle south of me to jump into the housing market also. I never expected King County in Washington State to take the reins too. So what happens in 2017? Vancouver imposes a foreign buyer's tax, charging foreign buyers uh, absorbent, like, I don't know, I think it was 12 or 16 or 12%. 15, 15. 15, 15 points. Okay, 15 points they charge, right? What happens? Well, I'll tell you what happened. A tsunami of investors went to Toronto, and you could read the articles. They are up on my channel from all those years ago. They're still there. And where do they go? Uh, where, does the, where does the other half go? They go down to King County, Seattle. They've ripped apart that housing market there. Within one year, housing went up like like almost 120%. So why, why are they doing this? What, what's the theory? King County is close to Vancouver. Uh, so, so No, but why Seattle do you think the they're coming into all of these markets and just shredding them up and buying up all the real estate and not living oh, in the I'm houses? Sorry. And what, what, what's the what's the master sorry. plan? Well, there's there's several master there's several plans. One, uh, I think it was in 2018 or 2017. If I'm not correct, you can look it up. Xi Jinping uh, declared himself emperor of China. So once your leader declares themselves emperor and is never going to step down, majority of wealthy people are people that kind of understand where the country is headed. They want to take their capital offshore. So what happened in China, they started clamping down on capital outflows in 2017 because more and more people were taking their money offshore, right? And this became a major issue. Uh, for the Chinese, so they actually had to stop uh, and create laws to stop people. But people found ways through Bitcoin, through shadow flipping real estate, laundering money, and all kinds of stuff. Casinos. Uh, casinos were big out west, weren't they? Casinos were kind of big, but because in the west, 
they turned a they turned a blind eye to money laundering. You have the better dwelling article that's up there. Your folks could look it up. Just type in Canada would be in a recession without money laundering. And it actually breaks down all the different provinces uh, from 2011 to 2015. And they've only caught from 2011 to 2015, $200 billion laundered. They were asked to shut it down by the liberal government. So we only got a few years of investigation that went on. And we got about 200 and I think it was $211 billion. Now, you throw that much money uh, or laundered money that's not layered or integrated into the system, it actually creates a major issue uh, inside that country, especially a population of 35 million. When you throw that much uh, pudding into the mix, it starts, it, it goes nuts, right? So, so Mike, let's, let's just get ahead on this. And I've heard all these points um, before. You're not the only one saying this, that there's, there's always been an underline for the last 70 years in North America about uh, you know, foreign money and, and their intentions and everything else too. And I understand your perspective and, and where you're getting this information from. So now in Ontario, we have a 15% foreign buyer's tax. BC yeah. has, has the same foreign buyer's tax. I, right. I can't remember exactly what they call it, but why, why is it going up now? Like if this is really what the answer is, and again, I'm not trying to poke holes in this, but I just want oh, you to no. understand the perspective. If that is really the case, Right now, those foreign buyers have a 15% premium that they have to pay. Immigration right now is, is you know, not as high as it could be because of the pandemic and borders being closed. So why is the market still going up now unless it is not just foreign speculation, but a combination of local demand and local speculation? Well, well first off, um, um, foreign, uh, foreign investing. Okay, if I, was, if I needed to get in my wealth off of China, let's just say, I'm not, I, I, I'm not trying to pick on the Chinese, but I'm telling you straight up, if I had to take my wealth out of a certain country, I would gladly pay 15% service charge to get it out and park it into another. 15 points is nothing. Especially when the market's going up 30 points in a year. You absorb That's that correct. 15 pretty quick in Vancouver and Toronto. That's correct. 15 points is nothing. It's for an adjustment on a pro forma. It's like another line item. It just becomes a new line item. And if then the, their goal is not to profit, I believe, right? Their goal is simply to escape, their money. escape their money and then put it in something that uh, will store its value at That's the very correct. least. Yeah, That's correct. Now, hold on a sec, guys. In but wouldn't they be doing it more now than ever with what's going on yes. over there? Yes, they are. They are doing it more than ever. And that's why you're going to see Amerifornia. And I've been talking about Amerifornia now. Oh, I'm glad now, you brought that up. Hold on. Explain. Not very many people that are listening right now understand what you mean by Amerifornia. So can you explain your 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 coined phrase Amerifornia to our audience okay. before you get um, into uh, that? Yeah. Amerifornia means basically uh, America turning into California. Now, what does that mean? Well, uh, California, Oregon, and Washington State, all those three states along the coast, they're considered blue states. I'm not picking on them because they're blue. I'm picking on them because they actually allowed money laundering to come in openly. And they've created brochures in Mandarin in Seattle, Portland, Oregon, and all over California. For, well, California has been the last 20 years. They've been creating real estate brochures in Mandarin and simplified Chinese or whatever you call it and flooding the market with wealthy investors. That's why in LA County, you have 40,000 homeless people, 40,000 or zero. You can look it up. So for every empty 
for every homeless person, there's four empty four empty units in in LA County. For every one homeless, there's four. You can look it up; it's on file from the LA Times or whatever. It's there. Wow. We covered it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying give free housing to homeless people. All I'm saying is a lot of these people have some military pensions. They could they could live a decent, okay lifestyle if they're if the if if these properties were open to the public to rent out that's all i'm saying so what's happening is people are leaving those states and moving into america massachusetts is one of them and so is new york state those states are also uh basically uh, uh like americania states already now the people are mass exiting those city cities or those capitals those capital cities in those states just like toronto is and they're moving into the interior of america now america is different the state of Texas has more major cities than Canada and Australia put together. Hmm. So the state of Texas, hey, I don't like living in Temple, Texas. I'm moving to Houston. I'm moving to Dallas. I'm moving to San Antonio. You could move to, like, just in Texas alone, you have more cities to move to than all of Canada and Australia. Ameri Americans are going to take a longer time to, to, to create this Americania. But I say by in the next six years, you'll see a full Americania with their new president select. That's going to help bring in more money, more migration, more immigrants, more everything. And I'm not against immigrants. I'm an immigrant. I'm a Portuguese. So, so this sounds to me like a lot of expansion. No, no contraction as part of this. What, yes. So, so, so. How is, but how is that going to change the la the landscape? Like, what what's gonna what's gonna be the difference? And aren't there just going to be more people flooding to the areas that they've always gone to? Well, no, that that that. That, that's what you would expect to happen. But a lot of migrants now, uh, they're not, or people moving in, or let's say the flood of, or the wave of people moving in, they're moving into the interior. So I have someone down in Florida that was on the show the other day on, on uh, Commonwealth for Common Folks. They were telling me they're buying up Orlando left, right, and center, tour buses of people. Entire tour buses are going around buying, uh, uh, buying up real estate, like huge chunks of real estate and leaving it empty. So that's become a major issue. Now, if you wanna look at France, now let's, I, I don't wanna to jump too far, but I, I kinda of want you guys to understand. In France, they uh, 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 they tried that foreign vacant tax and they didn't get the, they didn't get the results they wanted. You could look it up. And then what happened was they raised it to 60% because there were so many houses that were off grid that weren't connected to hydro, to water, to gas, to the basic hookups. That the the that the in Paris that the, the city turned into an empty shell, and and it's gotten so bad there that 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 they, they don't even know what to do with the amount of empty homes. Wow. Yeah. One one thing that I was reading about recently that I really like is New Zealand. They've got something that starts. Um, I think it was yesterday actually, March twenty seventh. Right? New Zealand's too late. New Zealand's tried, but New Zealand now is a nation of renters. New Zealand has gotten so bad that there's I think I think right now. There's so many people sleeping in vehicles right now and in hotels. It's it's uh, it, I don't know. New Zealand is way beyond because New Zealand's a population of five million. Their infrastructure is smaller. They got hit really really hard early. They tried mm -hmm. the Kiwi Build program under Phil Typhoid and the housing development there that they had, and Jacinta Ardern, the new government, promised mm -hmm. a platform for housing, but they've they've they haven't acted on Kiwi Build. They've built 16 homes. They're going to build 100,000. They only built 16 homes. And it's, it's, it's not about building affordable housing. It's about creating middle-class private sector jobs. 
Anyone could create a house. It's about creating a career and a future for somebody to, to pick the house they want to buy and not have to be put in low-income housing. So let, let's try and kind of wrap up this whole big package here and kind of bring it back down to the Toronto real estate market. So you sure. mentioned that you grew up here in Toronto in its heyday. So what do you mean by heyday of Toronto? What's the difference between the heyday and today day? I thought uh, I was in the heyday, but I guess I'm wrong. I thought TK was the heyday. But I thought I started the heyday, but apparently <laughs> I missed it. It's the no, heyday. The heyday was in the, was in the 80s. Okay, and what, so what was going on in the 80s? Because I was, like, uh, fairly young. You seemed that you would be... He had long hair. Yeah. Daryl had I, long hair in the 80s. In the 80s? Maybe the early 90s. How old are you? You can't You don't can't remember the 80s so well. I'm, for, I'm actually 43. Yeah, you're younger than me. So hold on a sec. Okay, so tell me about the 80s in the heyday of Toronto from your perspective as a three-year-old. The, the, no, I was uh, no the eighties. Yeah, I was 78, 79, 80, 81. Oh, the eighties was amazing. Eighty three is when I really they remember were amazing. things like really focused on life. Yeah, like focused on things around me, right? And 83, 84, 85, Oh, it was great. Everybody had employment, and if you lived with your parents after you were sixteen or seventeen, people will look at you weird. Like you live with your parents still. And everybody, like 17, 18, were moving out, and, and all you had to do was get a job. Canada was one of those countries. All you do, just get a job, and you'll get anything you need. And that's basically what it was back in the day. And interest rates were nice and high, and we had a competitive dollar. Uh, we basically, uh, a lot of my friends were packing groceries uh, in uh, grocery. That's what I did, too. And, and people bought their cars. I worked at they, Sobeys. I was like, I was a grocery packer. I took people's people's stuff to their cars. It was great. Yeah, right. But people made enough money. To, well, people made enough money in the '80s to live a decent uh, a decent life. They didn't have to go all out. They they uh, you know especially the construction construction sector was paying good money. Uh, a lot of the other uh, big economic moving sectors, uh, people were making decent amounts. Their wages weren't. Uh, were tied into real estate. But they were paying into. 17 to 20% interest on these loans. But they still paid them off in but they still paid them off in 4 or 5 years. Sure, but it led to an economic recession that, you know, had record high unemployment, right? I mean, it's great that people were having you know, it's, it's amazing that if we can have this beautiful decade of prosperity, but just like the 20s and, and the 80s and potentially mm -hmm. now the the new 20s, you know, it always leads to despair. Right. So, you know, right. is it really that glorious? Right. Or is, you know, maybe the status quo, like, you know, the early 2000s, a little bit more of a realistic uh, utopia. Right. It, it, so. Well, we're going uh, into cheap money territory. Once you go into the 2000s, you start running into cheap money territory, uh, lower interest rates and then the lowering interest rates uh, starts to create artificial bubbles and artificial shortages across the cities. Right. We've never seen a correction. We've created this Frankenstein bubble that we don't see a correction in sight. At least when interest rates were high, we did see a correction on the horizon, right? We did see unemployment and we did see because unemployment uh, was tied, uh, wages were tied to real estate and that's the way it should be. And you should be seeing a correction every other couple of years when things get out of hand. So everything comes down to earth. We've never seen a correction since 2010 and it's gonna get a lot worse before it gets any better. Before the people in charge, so to say, step up and step up for the people and say, whoa, look, people born and raised in this country with a college degree 
They can't even leave their parents' basement anymore. We're screwed. And what's going to happen when their parents retire and have to go into a home? Where are they going to go? They end up homeless. And that's what's happening right now. So we've got even with prices, though, like if you think about it, sorry to interrupt, even if you do get a mortgage right now and I go and buy a million dollar home and I go and I get a 2% interest rate and I put down $200,000, I've got an $800,000 mortgage. Sure. Sure, If you look at my, you know, price per home compared to my income, that seems really unaffordable. But if you look at my monthly payments and and let's call it $3,500 a month and how much, how much of that is going towards my principal and how much is going towards interest, I'm getting richer a lot quicker than I would have been in the eighties paying 20% interest on a $200,000 home. At the end of the day, maybe my house is paid off. It's worth 300, but that's fine. I I made $500,000 in equity in the same amount of time on my million dollar home. That could be worth $2 million by the time I'm done. So people are getting richer and and maybe there's the, the, the separation of classes, which makes sense that, you know, we have to try to figure out a way around that. But at the end of the day, I don't think people are struggling as much as we all think they do. I deal with people. People aren't struggling. There's a lot of people doing very well making these payments. They're happy to be in a 30 year mortgage. They're happy to be debted uh, in debt for the next 20, 30 years. That's not part of the equation anymore. So I think there's a lot of different things that have changed. It's you can't compare today to the eighties. It's just not the same culture and society. Oh, it's not even the same game board, right? So, okay. So we're back in the eighties and everything is beautiful. You can get a job, high interest rates, people are paying down their loans. And and then what happens? The credit cards start rolling in. Credit cards. Yes. Then the, that load starts rolling in and people are becoming more comfortable with taking on more debt and, and leveraging more. Right. And then um, in 93, Canada closed immigration to Europe. And that was a little bit of a bind when it came to unifying families, because a lot of Europeans, Portuguese, Greek, Italian families worked in the construction and building industry in Canada. And that created a bind of bringing in people uh, or unifying families. Even today, families are still separated because of the immigration closures from Europe. from Europe, So that, that became a, 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 an issue. And then now, um, if you wanna fast forward to now, we got more people uh, actually moving back to Europe on one-way tickets uh, than we've ever had. We have a mass exodus of Europeans leaving. Everyone talks about everyone's leaving Toronto, but the, no one's talking about the mass exodus of Europeans that are leaving. My friend's a, t- a, a, a processor uh, in, in a major airport in Ontario. And he's telling me more and more people are buying one-way tickets to leave Ontario, going to Greece, Portugal, Spain, England, or going back to their home country than they've ever seen in history. And then he's not even allowed to report on it. Wow. Why is that? Well, I'd rather die poor and warm, and, and, and I guess in my homeland, than die poor and cold here, right? Mm. That's a good point. Uh- there's a lot of there's a lot of temporary migration patterns right now that I think are all just a fad that people are kind of getting, uh, you know, tired of what what they were here for. And obviously, there's a lot of challenges, especially with those people that you're talking about. They're they're, they're maybe have some skills, but they're mostly like most likely in the low skill, you know, trades and and stuff like that. And those are the jobs that are hurting the most right now. Right. I mean, if they were established here in some sort of, you know, full time employment that was medium to high skilled. They weren't. They wouldn't be leaving and going to Europe. Right. right. They would be staying here because they would still be working, maybe from home, and they would be happy to be. Or in the construction part of, industry. Part of our economy. Yeah. They would. You know what? No. If I booming. had the choice, if I had the choice, and if I was allowed to live in the states, I would have. I would have stayed in America. Right. I wasn't given citizenship there. Right. 
mm-hmm. and I did everything by the book. I would never, I would never return to Canada, right? Really? If I, if I was, if I was, oh, 100 quadrillion percent. You think it's worse uh, here was, than it is there? Dude, when I, uh, dude, there's this whole stuff you're watching on the news is, is all, is all, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it. I, I'm, I'm very close contact with a lot of the people I lived with and, and hung out with and very close proximity contact with them. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, it's, it's, everyone's just living their lives. You know what I'm saying? Doing their thing. So what you're saying is well, Canada is getting propaganda in the news that makes America yeah, we less, are. Everyone less, is. less attractive. No, it's not even that. Canada is no longer a destination. Europeans don't want to come to Canada anymore. I was talking to uh, 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 a Portuguese family, and, and they're they're moving to uh, to uh, Mozambique, Portuguese Africa. And I said, "How come you guys don't come to Canada?" Oh, we don't even want to bother. We'll just go to a, a country. That's, that's anecdotal, speaking. though. I mean, you have to you have to look at the surveys. You have to look at the studies. You have to look at everything sure. else. And we're con- we're constantly ranked in one of the most desirable countries in the world. That is, you know, and maybe that's propaganda fed to our media. That you know, it's, again, all the studies that we're only reading the studies that show favor to Canada. But um, you know, I, I don't think that that's necessarily global right I, there with with the trend so so both of you oh, sure both of you just mentioned media and media yeah. manipulation without actually mentioning we hate that, that. Around here, mike we, we hate the media they're they're always telling us what to think and do and the toronto real sure. estate market's no different from the global economy and stuff so right so so just on that note because i think we're all of the opinion that the the media currently is manipulating people's you know thoughts we have yeah. we have stuff like canadian property bubble near systemic failure and not even a big crash can fix it we have the real estate game in big cities is broken young would-be buyers are better off not playing here's how government can cool housing prices without hurting homeowners BMO warns policymakers could swing the hammer on a red-hot housing market. Owning a home in 2021 is not as great as you think. Like, there's a lot of mixed messages going on here. I'm always confused. Like, all the data, everything Mike is saying, everything that most people are saying, except for TK, says that this thing is going to be a tsunami, a tidal wave of just crazy real estate. TK, yeah, yeah. It should have been. If we go by cents and numbers and we actually go by the book and we look at where things should be economically, we should have seen a correction in in, in early 2010 and we should have seen something in 2016, 2015. If, if, if. Real estate was tied to wages. Well, hold on, hold on a sec. Let me finish my point. So TK has a gr- always has a great answer, and he he always throws into the mix that the only way things are going to go down or fall apart is if you take away people's ability to borrow, right? So so in a round long roundabout way, what I'm asking is like, when does this end? Because it doesn't seem like they're able or willing to turn off these printing presses that seem to be causing most of these problems. What does this end? Well, the question is, no, the, the right, the right question to ask is, will they allow it to end? Will they allow it to end? That's the right question. And no, not with the current administration that we have in power. They will not allow it to end. Why? Because 85% of our GDP is propped, uh, our GDP, gross domestic product, is based off of real estate. 85%? Yeah. Is that a fact? 
you can look it up right now. It's it's on several uh, news sites. Like, just type it in right now. But like as a as a as a trickle effect, like including like legal and planners. Yeah, we're talking and... the whole fire industry, fire industry, real estate, insurance, the whole thing. Eighty-five percent. Right no, I believe you. Yep. Okay, so eighty-five percent. So you can't you can't allow this to falter. So so the no, real estate can't. market is too big to fail. Well, I'm not saying it is. It should have corrected several times. I'm saying they're not going to allow it to falter, right? The, the problem is, is the next few generations are looking for countries to take off to. I get uh, 20, 30 emails on, on average per week of uh, professionals, the Canadian brain drain, looking for an exit, looking for, hey, Mike, I heard you mentioned Florida. Where do you, where do you recommend us to move? Where do you recommend us to go in Texas? Where do you recommend us? I get a lot of that. They won't allow it to fail. Plain and simple. The answer to you is they won't allow it to fail, and it's going to be very detrimental to the professionals and uh, living in Canada that have had enough and said, you know what, I'd rather take a cut and pay and live a normal life where my my wages are my my income but, is but tied to. But they're all seeing that. Sorry to interrupt, Mike. They're all they're all seeing that, and I and I agree with you 100. percent I know it contradicts what I said before, and I agree that there's people who are looking for change, but we are also in a pandemic. We're also in this. Everybody's at home, you know, working from home is boring. It's monotonous. There's all these changes that have happened in your life. You're not doing all the fun social things and all that kind of stuff. I think humans are just looking for change right now. And moving to Florida is the answer because Florida is open or moving to Texas is, is, is the answer. Why a lot of the, I forget the term you used, America from people from California going down to Texas, right? Like I get it, but is this something that's going to last when things open back up again? And just like you mentioned, how you're in contact with all your friends from the States, like we were social people. I'm going to miss all my friends and family in Toronto if I move to Florida. Sure, I'll make new ones, but it will never, it'll never be the same. And if I have those contacts, if I have that business or that professional career or, uh, you know, whatever it is that I was doing before, all that, all those resources and connections are going to be back where in the city that I lived in. And if it doesn't work out for me, I'm, I'm probably going to be moving back, just like people coming back from Barrie to Toronto, just like people coming from Alberta, Nova Scotia, back to whatever. Alberta is a great example. I'm going, I'm going to Alberta. Like, how many friends do I know from? Toronto I'm going to make some oil money. And ninety percent of them are back, right? Right. It's just no, totally understand go. that. Yeah. But the, the landscape has changed. That's the problem. It's not the same landscape. And now uh, you're br a lot of people are bringing knives to a gunfight. And with okay. the bidding wars, bidding wars just doesn't make it attractive anymore. And people that have to go back and stay are, are having a really tough time of it. I mean, uh, the world's open for it's supposed to be open for people to explore and, and be part of or learning different and cultures and being open to to, uh, uh, you know, maybe taking a step down or a demotion if, if needs be to starting new life. And a lot people of people like are... security though too, right? People like security, right? right? They, they like that peace of mind, knowing mom and dad is always cl close by to help out, knowing uh, that person's always going to be there if they need help. That, familiarity uh, too. Familiarity, right? Like that's, I, I, I know what you're saying and I, I, it's just not me, but I know that there's lots of people out there who, and you sound like one of them who, who want to move around and explore and enjoy. And Oh yeah. I, I love that. I, I, I fantasize about that, but it's just, not, it wasn't me. It wasn't the life that I was supposed to, to live. Um, right. And I just think that uh, for, for the most part, people are very, you know, secure oriented that they're looking for. How do I have a, a plan that's going to keep me safe for the next 40 years? The problem is a lot of people are bought out of that. And that's the problem we're having. Right. And, real, and, and housing is one of the major issues that is basically 
destroying the fabric of what used to be the idea of Canada. The fabric of, of that is gone, uh, sold out to the highest bidder. And that, I mean, if it's for not true. Mm -hmm. huh? For freeholds, right? right. Freeholds. Well, for that, if it's not true, just look over the pond to Ireland, Dublin. In the last three years, they start seeing this rare phenomenon on the streets of Dublin. What's, what are we looking at here? Bidding wars. What's a bidding war? Well, I'll pay 130,000 euros for this house. Well, someone's paying two, and someone here is paying three from a cell phone via Skype. They've never even seen the property. My, you know what my favorite is? Can I tell you what my favorite is? I know a guy personally that owns over 300 condos in Vancouver and 200 in Sydney, Australia, and he's never been to both countries. That's my favorite. So what's wrong with people living in condos? That's again, and I'm only just trying no. to play devil's advocate. No, I'm not so, playing condos. I'm not saying, I'm not yeah. saying, okay. I know a guy that owns 300 condos in Vancouver. No, I understand okay. your point there. What I'm saying is- never been to Vancouver. The average professional, I, no, I 100% agree. The oh. average professional, you got a career, you and your partner both have dual incomes. Everything's going great. Do you need to live in the house that you grew up in, in Scarborough? Do you need no. to live in- that area that you think was, you know, the best place for you in your childhood, or is it okay to live in a condo like billions of people do in the world? Billions of people live in apartment condo living with their family sure. and it's seem to live very nice, peaceful lives. It's a psychology. It's a psychology that has to change because right now locals grow up with not the idea of I'm going to go move into an apartment. I think that some of them obviously do, I guess, depending on, you know, their upbringing and their aspirations and everything. I mean, my daughter would live in an apartment right now if she could afford one, which she definitely cannot. Uh, I would never want to live in an apartment. My dad grew up in an apartment. Like it all depends on all kinds of things. But like so, so there's a psychology shift that has to change here right now for this to continue on top of the psychology shift of ownership versus renting, which we've talked about a bunch of times. Like it, if you want to live in a certain place, you, you may have to forego the option of owning. You can. You OK. Can, yep. Well, I'm old. Is, school, there's no right? shame in that. I'm old school. I like my backyards. I want to raise my kids with yep. a backyard. Me too. I want to raise my kids. My If I have a dog uh, with our own little plot of land, right? I left the city of Vancouver. I'm one of those statistics. I left five years ago. I bought a house for 260 grand. I think it's, I think it's nine bedrooms, seven, six baths, uh, three living, three or four living rooms. Let's just say it's got five fireplaces. Now let's just say, for example, if I bought this house today, it'd be triple the price of what I bought it for 260 uh, five years ago. And I'm on uh, two hours and a half away from Vancouver. And now this area I'm in, I'm in a cul-de-sac, a nice sleepy little cul-de-sac here. Guess what? It's turned into Vancouver now. I was the first person to Vancouver to move in. Now my entire block, except one person who's for sale right now is selling for 790 is the last person that's leaving that's local from this town. So everybody moved from Vancouver to get away, or I guess to cash out, right? Uh, a lot of it is in cash out. I did have I did have savings. I didn't own a property in Vancouver. I tried to get into the property market, and every time I would go see a property, it would go up $400,000 every time I would see it. So there's mm -hmm. no point. So I took that down payment, and I bought a house in cash. Right. And. And that's it, free and clear. And then I have a backyard. And that's isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy that you can like uh, 
try so hard, save up to buy a house in one market, can't can't break in and move, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know how far away, but move a little bit over this way and you can pay cash and get probably a bigger property and a bigger oh, house. Bigger. This, ho- this house in Vancouver would be over four to six million dollars. So crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. So I think one thing one thing that's overlooked is the population's growing right in the world in our countries in our provinces in our cities economies there are growing everywhere be, this this needs to happen there needs to be daryl says this a lot like get out of the city you can't afford it and my argument always is well what about our frontline workers and service people like we need those people to stay right so there has to be some sydney alternative, did something right? sydney did something can okay, i tell you what sydney, let me sure. tell you what sydney did sydney sure. got so bad where everyone was leaving you know what they did for the frontline workers they actually built a condo tower okay and it's all garbage men, firefighters, doctors. That's what I said. That co- yeah. 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 Beautiful. Well, that's a great, that is built one by the, solution. Built by the city, built by the government, or built by a private company for profit? Yeah. Right. But you see what I'm saying? Sydney, Australia did that because they were losing all their workers. Uh, this was back in 2018. Public. They, public. They did public. This. Yeah, for sure. Public project. Had to be public. So right. I, I, th- I think that as populations grow, things change. I mean, People need to move out of the city. Manhattanization, that kind of those terms. People who can't afford to live in those areas, who are the average Joes, you know, you as an example, yeah, right? Get the fuck out of the five way. Five years ago in Vancouver, it's like now you've got this beautiful life two hours away, and it's like you know you get to live in a big house, and that's what you wanted. You wanted the backyard, you wanted the the dog, and the, you're getting all those things, and you made that choice because that is ultimately what uh, you know freedom gives us did you so now people coming to toronto it's like look do you want to live in a condo and it's eight hundred thousand dollars and it's 750 750 square feet or do you want to go and live two three hours away and there's lots of options out there for you and we'll continue to build outside the green belt and we'll give people homes and people will have a place to live and as long as homelessness is not the um you know main pandemic that we've got throughout the world we're going to do okay. You know, it seems to me like this is part of this K shape recovery. Like it looks like things are going in two different directions, not only with finances, but with, uh, uh, I guess, uh, just, just people's willingness where they, their tolerance of what they want to afford and live. I mean, it seems to me, Mike, that, um, by accident, you ended up in a better situation for yourself. Like, that's correct. You, yeah. you you probably wouldn't have been here. as happy, right, living in Vancouver. Uh, I was very, very depressed living in Vancouver. Uh, it turned into an empty shell, and everybody hates each other. Nobody talks to each other, and uh, everybody – a very antisocial city. And it wasn't like when I was living in Fort Lauderdale or Miami, where Fort Lauderdale and Miami was, hey, amigo, como estas? How's the family? I say it's very different. <laughs> you move to Vancouver, everybody looks at you like you burnt their home down with their grandmother in that's the that's that's the, the look you get from people some people like part. that huh some people like that right like some people want to go about their business sure, down some people... to and from work and so they're, they're they wouldn't come home and have those issues they would say no one bothered me today it was a great day right so again if that's the city you want to be in i think i just think there needs to be choices i don't think there needs to be a, this is i guess my point here mike is i don't think that there needs to be a fix to the situation that we're in. I don't think there needs to be government intervention. I don't think they need to drop housing prices or raise incomes. Like all those things are going to happen more. Right, you but, know, but, but hold on. This yeah. stuff wouldn't have happened 
if they stop the money laundering from coming in. I don't I don't believe that. I, I believe that there I, I believe that there's a there's a scale to that. I think that you, this is an this is an effect. I'll give you an example. And I'm a real estate agent, just so you know. So I have real, real like down in the trenches type of stuff. This week I sold a house. I listed it for 700 because in the area they were selling for between 700 and 900. And this was a total dump. We had 200 showings and 32 offers. It sold for 357,000 over asking. And the top three offers were all Canadian people looking to speculate to buy a property that needed a lot of work. And there was no foreign investment going on. These were all people who just are excited about the housing market. Nobody was all three of the top guys out of 32. None of them were moving into the property. All three of them were saying, I'm going to renovate it, fix it up, flip it, rent it out, whatever their speculation was. And that, and that's what I'm seeing. So I, I agree with you that that's out there and there's, hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue from the foreign buyers tax in Ontario. So I know people are paying that foreign buyers tax in different levels. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Canadians, whether they're born here or not, they're called Canadian. They are looking for real estate because right now it's got, it's a top of mind. The desire is there. Everyone believes in it. It's a great asset. People hear the stories and this is where things are getting out of control. And unless the government or the banks, the financial system, OSFI takes away the capabilities of the buyers to actually be qualifying for these mortgages. They will continue to do this foreign investment, foreign investment or not. The people will continue to buy real estate because right now it is a safe, hard asset that people want to get into. Right. So, so sure. I, lo- I okay. love, I love that you said hard asset there. And I, I want to kind of, I want to go down a different road for a sec guys. So I know Mike owns a store, out out in British Columbia. It looks like you sell kind of Pokemon trading cards. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I, I specialize more in board games. I had the same store in Vancouver. So, so and I sold that store. So, so what's and, interesting uh, is like that that whole card market, NFTs, like all these things are going bananas right now, and, and people are spending lots of money on pokemon cards and trading cards and baseball cards and all these kind of uh other assets where they can kind of put their money into right now we have we if you haven't heard of an nft uh, and you have a internet connection i don't know where you've been for the last week but like have you noticed an uptick in people buying your your things from your store have you have has that had any effect on your life like what what what's it like owning a store like that out there Right now, well, I, I'm doing okay. Um, uh, the store is actually doing really well. I've actually surprisingly did so well that uh, I, I need to find other things to expense here and there, um, so I don't have to pay so much um, capital gains tax on on the corporation. It's a corporation, so it's outside of me, and uh, I pay myself accordingly. Uh, I don't know. I'm doing well. I'm doing very good. I've always done well. Uh, in that business, um, no complaints. Is, is it better home. today, though? Is it, is it better, better today like it, than it was? Yeah. Is it, has it recently gone a little cuckoo? I was about to you check my what? hockey cards the other day. I was thinking <laughs> someone was saying something. I was about it to go over to my, makes my storage me and look at sick. that. It's sick to know <laughs> the, the cards that I destroyed, like just flicking at each other. Flicking against the wall, yeah. No, I've been doing okay. Um, I don't really do open product, like single cards. Like I do have... Uh, like I do have Mickey Mantle baseball cards, Babe Ruth. I have the real deal. Oh yeah, I do have lots of uh, Yogi Berra, Roger Maris. I have a lot of the real like cards in glass encasings and stuff. I don't really kind of mix with that market too much locally. It's more of an online thing. 
Have my online sales have gone up? Yes, probably 7,000%. Wow. Wow. So significantly. Yeah. Online. Locally, not too much. Locally, it's more board games that I sell. I have about 700 board games, individual board games. But are, are the like, so for example, a, a rare board game that they no longer produce that people sure. were competing for two years ago, are you now seeing that the price of that board game has gone up? Yes. There's a couple of games like uh, Shadows, uh, Shadows Over Camelot. I think I was selling for $500 a piece and I used to sell it for 50. Wow. And then yeah, there's a lot of, I had like 12 copies of those. And yeah. then I had a bunch of copies of Twilight Imperium original print. And that went like 20 times the value. Holy smokes. So, yeah. so like this is stuff that, you know, you kind of play the markets and play the game. But you know what, guys? I'm not in business anymore to, to really kind of strike it or kind of reach that pinnacle. I'm done that. And now back to housing, it was all about me starting a family. And I, I have three kids. And I wanted that so nice. bad. And that's why I wanted my home. And that's what I go back to the grassroots of the original Canadian dream, buying a piece of land, starting a family. And most Canadians now can't do it. They're bought out. And if they don't qualify, they'll have to wait out a few years and things will get worse. So, so my last question, because we're basically out of time and I got a feeling we'll spend a little bit of time on this answer. I have one more question after yours. Darryl. Well, then you ask it. Cause I think mine's a better final question. Okay, okay. I, but I think maybe it's the same question. It might be. Mike, what do you recommend to our viewers and watchers? What do you do right now? You got, you know, two people, they've got jobs, they're living in Toronto. Do they buy? Do they sell? Do they leave? Do they rent? What do they do? We want to hear from you. I would suggest right now, if, 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 they're, if they're not going to put 30% down uh, towards a property, so at least if interest rates do go up, they could kind of uh, hedge against it a bit. If they can't do that, and if they're going to put the measly five or ten percent down, or they're not even uh, have stable jobs, I recommend just to wait it out and just take course, take the same course they have. And if they could find a different place to move to, um, I would recommend that. I would recommend because I have videos going back six years telling people to get out of the city now, and uh, I would recommend to, to just sit tight until unless you could put down thirty points. If you could put down thirty points on a property. And it's not really scathing you that much. And if you could survive off the one income temporarily, if needs be, you got to do a cash flow, calculate your total debt service ratio. Total debt service ratios are free online. Type in your car insurance, type in your cell phone bill, your heat, how much you're looking to pay for, for home insurance. And then this gives you a ratio of how much money you have left over for food and disposable income. That's what I recommend people to do their own research too. Awesome. Cool. And uh, so, so my question was, um, it's obvious that you feel that the system is a little bit broken at the moment. And you seem to have opinions and thoughts on most things. Is there a better way? Do you have a plan? Is there something rolling around in that head of yours that will fix this mess that we are in currently. And There's one tool. And hold on. Is that answer does it have anything to do with the great reset? Okay, well, the great reset is a phenomenon that they've been talking about for years now. Uh a lot of it is based off of George Orwell's 1984 book that was written in 1948. 
Uh, he just switched the last two numbers. Anyways, uh, the Great Reset is just a discussion piece at the point. To, basically, is a good discussion piece to look at where we're at right now and what's happening with governments and governing agencies. That's great. But the one tool in the banker's toolbox that has never been used and that should be used is raising interest rates. Raising interest rates have always been there. And if they don't raise interest rates and the bond market starts to, starts to, starts to see some sort of traction, they have no choice but to raise interest rates and play around with interest rates until they could get a, like a nice settled. I see, I see interest rates need to be sitting around at five, 5.6% to kind of make ends meet, especially if the US market starts to go up or starts to froth or starts to see an uptick in their markets or their bond market starts to froth, you're going to see interest rates in the U.S. go up first. Then Canada is going to have to follow suit unless we start falling into hyperinflation and we're going to have the great Canadian peso. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Five to six percent is a good, I think it's a good healthy interest rate. Yeah, yeah but- I'm not talking about 12%. I'm talking about 6% VIG. Uh, I think that's good. 6% uh, on 100,000, you pay 6,000 a year. On your mortgage, roughly a million dollars, you're paying sixty thousand dollars a year. I think that's fair. Does that math work out? Yeah, kind yeah. of interest, interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah interest only. Yeah. So, so, but yeah. I mean, it, they 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 have to take a little while before they get to five six percent, or this is going to be a real oh, no. mess. Look at the Reagan administration. Look at other administrations. Uh, they, they just have to, to crank up the uh, and look what happened to gold. Look up 1980 January. Look at the price of gold uh, through through 1980 and see what happened. Follow the, the, the price of gold and you will follow what's going to happen. And you can see the reverse of the interest rates uh, basically pushing it up. So, so, so you think we can the stress test people are qualifying right now at four point seven nine. Right, right, right. So that That's would good. that would only feel like a one and a half, two percent uh, increase, so right? In theory, they could go to four point seven nine, and everybody should be okay. But then, wouldn't the stress test ratio. be based on ten percent? No, no. Then the high. stress test goes out the window. Now you just have well, to qualify the, the, for the rate. Do they keep? Yeah. Bottom line is the qualifying rate and your actual payments are not the same. It's two percent higher. So if you're qualifying today at four point seven nine, and your interest rates ends up going up. To 4.79 maybe you have to qualify at 6.8 right that's whatever what but the bottom line is your actual payments are at 4.79 and according to today's standards you you can afford that so. well gentlemen it's been a wonderful conversation mike Appreciate martin it. let's give mike thank you little... so much uh do you want to uh, give us uh your all your stuff here your instagram your... your channel and everything else so our listeners my channel is very simple it's uh mike martin's channel just just my name mike martin's on youtube and I'll, I'll share this video if it's, if you guys throw it up uh, on your channel. I'll just share it on my channel so people could see it too. Perfect. Awesome. We appreciate awesome. that a lot. Well, it seems yeah. to me that uh, if we're going to figure our way out of this mess, these are the three people that need to be involved. Sure. So I think we're all available to the uh, to the people if they if they want us to, to, to help fix this mess. I, I know I'm speaking at, for, for TK. I'm not sure if I can speak for Mike, but it seems like Mike is passionate enough to fix this mess. We appreciate your time, sir. Thank you so much. It was a great time. Uh, if you are still one of the 25 to 30% watching this, please subscribe. Please hit the like button and please comment. I'm sure there will be many comments from this one. Mr. Mike Martins, we appreciate your time. It was a pleasure. TK, 
always great to see you, my friend. And uh, we will you know. see everybody next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. New on Curiosity Stream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.